Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes, and on today's episode, the formative power of music and beauty, creating a vision that leads a culture, but what's the most important thing in the midst of a move of God? Jasmine is a worshiper, an influential voice to our generation, and a mother to many artists in need of affirmation and direction. She serves as the executive pastor over the Experience Department at Mercy Culture, a church in Fort Worth, Texas, that has been experiencing miraculous growth and community impact. In addition, she leads Axel Creative Co., a housed vision of Mercy Culture that equips and empowers kingdom creatives. From leading worship on a stage to singing love songs in a bar, her relationship with Holy Spirit is tangible and her passion for Jesus contagious. This episode is going to rock you. Some of you know this, some of you may not, uh, but Jasmine Tate was one of the key people uh, in my life around the time that I got saved. She was one of the people that was spending their lunch break in high school praying for certain people to get saved. I was one of those people, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. She's helped disciple me at different points in my life. I've watched her her worship transform. I watched her supernaturally learn how to play play guitar and sing and songwrite. Uh, she's seen multiple people raised from the dead. I've seen miracles with her. Uh, and and all that's beautiful. But I think the thing that's going to capture, uh, capture your heart the most is just how much she loves Jesus. Especially in the second half of this podcast, you just begin to hear the, the raw just love for Jesus. This is part two of our conversation with Jasmine Tate. So if you missed part one, you'll want to stop, jump to episode 24. It'll be the one right before this one and listen to that episode so that you have more context. Uh, if you have already listened to that one, uh, I'm sure you're ready to jump into this one and you're really going to enjoy the second half of the conversation. Also, please share this with your friends, your family, social media, all the things follow, subscribe. We need it all. Uh, it helps raise us up in the search results on the different podcasting apps um, and also helps us on social media uh, so that we can reach more people because that's the goal. If this ministry or this podcast has impacted you, would you please consider uh, sewing in, supporting what we're doing either one time or monthly? Uh, you can do so by going to firemovement.com support. Once again, that's firemovement.com slash support, and there you can choose a one-time or monthly gift. So we're going to jump into our podcast right after a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? 
We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. I think, uh, I know that he's doing, one of the things that you guys are starting is a, uh, something to raise up church planners. And I mean, I don't, you can, you can definitely teach that, but I don't think it's going to be what people think it is, no. you know, because it, when it just comes down to it, it's like, Hey, no, no one hear God and don't do anything until, yes. <laughs> until you, you know, that's literally what know it God's is with you. He's literally one of them. We have some friends with us right now that are, um, even that's been wild, y'all. Like, there, there are, the reason we're starting that is because, like, every week there's pastors from all over the world that are flying in that are like, it feels like they're doing a case study sometimes. Like, people were just like, what, what is this? Like, what's happening? And most of the time we're like, um, we don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, and, but people are coming in by like a lot to, to just watch and try to understand. And um, we have some friends that they were, they were, um, well, long story short, some friends that just moved here and they're going to, we're going to send them out to plant a church in Waco in Easter of next year. And uh, people are asking them, well, what are you doing? Like, how are you going to be trained to plant your church? What, what does the training look like? What are you doing? And right now their assignment is to do nothing. Uh, to rest and they're learning more and literally doing nothing than they probably would have learned if they would have been trying to do all this stuff to make a church happen Uh, like literally deep awesome healing is happening because their assignment right now is to do nothing Um, and the one thing that that they are praying and asking the Lord which is what we ask is for, for God to give them to give him to give the pastors his heart the Lord's heart for Waco um, so every day, just asking God, give us your heart for your city. Give us your heart for your city. Um, knowing that the expression in Waco will look different than what it looks like in mercy culture, like you said, um, and that if they go and try to plant a mercy culture Fort Worth in Waco, it will be a fail. If that's not what God is saying, like they have to, they have to hear the Lord and obey. Um, mm-hmm. Like that will be the the core of the of the network and of the leadership school, you know, um, the leadership school is more focused on raising up spiritual leaders for every sphere of society. Um, and some of which it will be people being sent out for church plants and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but it will be the, I I mean, the core will be hear the Lord and obey, uh, getting people in the presence of God so that they can hear. Um, Pastor Landon always says this and like one of my favorite phrases and it's just true. Um, it's easy to hear God when you're in his presence. Uh, so if you can, if we can train people on how to just get in his presence, then we're training people on how to hear him, how to, how to be positioned to hear him speak to them. Um, but so many people don't, they don't know the way in. And so then they can't figure out why God's not speaking to them because they don't, they don't, they're not in, they're not, you know, if I'm in the room with you, it's easy to hear you. If I'm in the other room, like 
you know, if I don't know how to get in the room with you, it, it's a little muffly, perhaps, you know, but uh, we want to show all these leaders coming in how to just get in his presence and that when you're there, he'll speak to you about what you're supposed to be doing. And then your your role is to obey him at all costs, whatever he said. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I have another question, but Vince, do you have anything before I go somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I mean, so gosh, Jasmine, thanks for sharing. I'm, I can't stress that enough. Like, I think like it's really easy to think of all the people that are going to listen to this, but candidly, you're speaking my heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and like there's literal oil melting over my heart mm. as you're talking. Um, specifically as it relates to some of the, even the, the specific examples that you've used. Like, you might think they're random, but man, like, at least for my heart, like, I've seen that happen many times in my own ministry background um, uh, and, and, you know, counseling friends through those similar experiences as well. Um, so like I, I just, you know, I honor that like a thank, um, oh, thank you. Like I actually, that, I actually myself like had to pull out my phone and take out notes myself of what God was speaking to me as you were talking. Come on. I um, love that. So love it. Just love it. And, Absolutely and love I'll, it. I want to be clear to articulate this and I, I don't, I, I'm sure I've said it in some way or another, but I just, I, I want to make sure I say this like, there's no such thing. We know this. I know you guys know this. I'm preaching to the choir. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Mm-hmm. There will never be for the rest of our lives until we see Jesus. And like, there, there's no, there, there, like, there's people, there's humans. Like, it is literally, when you guys think about it, I'm sure you've thought about it. But I get stuck on it all the time. Like, God's idea of, like, not even the way we have done church in Western culture, but, like, God's idea of church, of like humans, like being together in community and like loving on each other and sharpening each other, like this whole thing is bonkers. Like it's scandalous. Like we're crazy. Like humans are, are insane. Like, you know, so like it's, it's wild that he set it up like that in the first place. It just, it, it is insane to me when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. And so like, like, like there's, there, there's no such thing as a perfect church. We need, we all need him. Um, we need him desperately. Uh, and the older we get, the more we are aware of our need for him and the more we're aware of how, of how much we have him. Um, and, but, but like, what has blessed me about being a part of this uh, is not that it's a perfect church because it's not, and it will never be. It is the, the active pursuit of health. Yeah. That has blessed me. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of times people think they're just looking for a perfect church and they get irritated when they find an imperfect one. Mm-hmm. But like the reality is I mess up all the time. Pastor Landon messes up all the time. Pastor Heather messes up all the time. We don't, we don't, we like, we mess up all the time, but there's this, and and they have led in this and I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, I want to grow into a leader like this and continue growing into a leader like this is my greatest desire outside of knowing Jesus is that, that I can, that I repent quickly 
that there is a that there is a a authentic active vicious desire for health like um there have been moments where pastor landon has publicly repented for things from the pulpit that i was just like you didn't have to say that to the people (laughs) like yeah you didn't have to like they literally don't even know what you're talking about that there is a vicious desire for health a vicious desire to to not just like to have a humble moment but to like walk in humility not just to walk in an honorable moment but to walk in honor like like it it has to be active you know like like when we went into two services basically when we got the new building the lord told um before we got a new building uh the lord told our leadership team including pastor landon that we were supposed to go to two services and that his the lord's promise was that uh he would he wanted two services because he wanted to entrust us with more of his presence was what he mm-hmm. told us and and so we're all like okay we're going to go to two services and this is back when we were at a, a little high school pascal and, and honestly we weren't even filling the high school yet and we heard the lord say go to two services and we're like okay mm-hmm. and then we got blessed with this building almost overnight mm-hmm. that holds about 1300 people and we were like, we got the new building, moved in at the top of the year. And because um, the Lord had told us when we were at the high school to go to two services by the end of before February or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we got the new building in January or in December, moved in in January, had our first service and thought, oh, we got a new building. We don't have to do two services because we got, we got a new building. So we'll just do one service. Literally the first service, 1300 people showed up and like, we didn't have parking, (laughs) but we only did one service. And the next week we realized we were on the road to disobeying God. That if we didn't go into two services by February, we would have been disobedient. But we thought because the circumstance changed that we didn't have to do it anymore versus Mm. just obeying what he said. Yep. The whole yep. time yep. he knew yep. what was coming and was trying to prepare us even with the bigger building for the growth that was coming. And yep. we almost missed it. And so the week before, so then what we had to do was last minute tell our team, oh, we're going to go to two services versus telling them when the Lord told us and we would have been prepared for it. Yep. And so we, we like, we, we got to two services before February, but Pastor Landon got in front of the entire congregation that didn't know about any of that and repented to them for not obeying immediately what the Lord said. And like, I remember hearing it and I was just sitting there like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God, like this, why, why are you repenting? Like, they don't even know, yeah. report the mission, you don't have to say this, you know? Yeah. And for him, it was, it was, an, it was humility. It was like, it was keeping himself, it was keeping pride dead, you know, like, Another moment that happened, and then I'll let you ask whatever. The question you're going to ask is, uh, and I'm, I'm saying these because we say these stories publicly all the time, but like there was a um, a moment when I first got to the church. We, we were just about to launch the church. We were doing team nights once a month. And um, I was leading worship one night, and Pastor Landon called me up at the end of the night and said, um, he basically was like, you're hiding behind this guitar you're more than a worship leader. God's called you to be a prophetic voice. And 
and you're going to be raised up in this house as a prophetic voice. You're a woman. You're going to prophesy. You're going to prophesy in Texas, like basically, like just coming at all of this Texas crazy stuff. And um, handed me a mic and said, "Prophesy." And I literally almost peed my pants because he just was like, "Prophesy." And I'm standing in front of all these people with a mic in my head on the stage, like literally shaking in my boots. Like I don't have, I don't have anything, you know. And so I leaned into, um, into his prophetic word. And just kind of stepped out in faith and started talking. And the Lord gave me this prophetic word for this woman that was in the church and just started delivering this word. And the woman got online and uh, on our family, our like uh, Facebook page for our church and just testified at the end of the night, you know, about what the Lord spoke to her and just how it confirmed some things that were happening in her life. And the next time I met with Pastor Landon, he says, "Um, hey, I just have to tell you, um, when I saw that post, on the Mercy Culture page, um, I had the thought, the people are gonna wanna follow Jasmine and they're not gonna wanna follow me because of what the, how this lady just affirmed Jasmine's word. He's like, I had that thought <laughs> and he was like, I can't control the thoughts that come in, but I can control what I do with them. Yeah. And he was like, so I'm going to expose it. If I keep it out of me, it keeps it from yeah. growing inside of me. It's like, so yeah. I just had to tell you I had that wow. thought. And I just want to like tell you, like you're empowered as a leader here, and I know that this is built yeah. around God, and da 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 da. Yeah. And so he confessed it to me. Then we went to our our leadership night, like just the leaders of our church, and he confessed it to all of the leaders and exposed mm-hmm. it to all of the leaders. And then we went to the next round of our serve team gathering, and he exposed it to all of the serve team. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every time I was just like, no, you don't have to say this. Yeah. But like for him, it was bigger than just saying it. It was killing something, making yeah. sure that it couldn't live before yeah. we ever planted the church, you know, like, yeah. um, and so there's just things like that, that are in the, the foundational pieces of our culture, uh, that we're saying these are non-negotiables. This posture yes. is a non-negotiable. This is our only, we have to fight for health at all costs. Uh, we won't be perfect, but if we don't fight for health, like we're no good. It won't, it won't work if we don't fight for health viciously. Man, so that's like that's actually uh, him doing that is is him fighting that Saul David thing, you know, like yes. not even not even letting that take root. Yes, it, that weird competition yes. with those you're supposed to be helping raise up and platform. Yes, that happens. Man, and that's just that's one incredible. story of it. Like honestly, I'm not gonna hit you guys. Like, like there there is a violence for it. Um. I won't hit you with more stories, but there's a violence for it. That's that's so refreshing. And I I know for a fact that some of the people who have listened to this have been through similar stuff that you and I have both been through, yeah. you know, with, with Saul David situations and stuff. And that is just not the story no. typically. No. It's it's not that a leader violently goes after uh you know, it's the tale of three kings that I always want to talk about ever since Vince made me read it. Yeah. But like Great book. that idea, you know, that I mentioned it several podcasts ago for those who have been listening, but like David in the, in the, in the cave and Saul comes in and then Saul leaves. And then they're all the mighty men are mad at him. Like we've been living like dogs. We're called to royalty. We're, we're with you. You're the King and God delivers him to you and you do nothing. You do nothing to change, change our situation. 
and you didn't take advantage of what God was doing. And he said something, or maybe he didn't. I, I still don't know because I can't find it in the book anymore. So maybe it's just something God spoke to me. But uh, he said, what I thought he said in the book was, you guys are concerned about me killing Saul when he came in the cave. I'm concerned about God killing Saul and me. Yes. And like that, that idea. And then later in the book, Nathan uh, doesn't go to David when uh, Absalom is about to betray him. And when Zadok asked Ab, or asked Nathan, why aren't you going to go help him? He needs to, he needs to know. And Nathan said, he passed this test years ago. Like he's already dealt with it. It's already, he knows in his heart what to do because he dealt with it back then. And that's just so profound. You just don't see that very often. No. And what's funny about that too is like, I, you know, we've known Landon for a long time. You, you've known him obviously uh, in a closer way than, than I did. But I remember when he came in as youth pastor and I remember my interactions with him and I was an arrogant punk kid, <laughs> but so was he. And so, <laughs> you know, so like because of that, I want nothing to do with him uh, because I could feel I could feel his arrogance mm-hmm. and, and his pride. And now to see him, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there's some there's some heroes of leadership and not not that I don't know some amazing leaders, but I have never seen anyone mm-hmm. so violent with it in mm-hmm. their own personal life. And yeah. And, and, his, his leadership his it's also not easy to have a jasmine tate in your ministry mm. you know because you can you can only take credit for that so long mm. and and having somebody that is extremely gifted anointed powerful it, it it you can you can claim and and let it build up some pride for a little while but eventually you do have to you get to that point where you're gonna have to fight you know, you're gonna have to fight to be seen over them if that's in your heart. And so to have a leader that can have powerful people, man, and you're one of you're you're one of many. I mean, I mean, I was, I was... yeah, that's what I, I mean, I was just about to say, Ryan, like, and I think the posture that 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 they have maintained him and Pastor Heather, because of that, like, it it, it is dumb, the type of leaders that are at our church. Like they, it's like the Lord has trusted them with all of these crazy, there's just people all the time. Like me and um, my friend Ev, like we'll be looking around like, how did, why are they here? Like, how did they get here to Fort Worth, Texas? Why is that type of leader here? Why is that type of leader here? And, and I, and I really think it's a testament to, to what they've allowed the Lord to do in them over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, it's, I want, um, it is so inspiring. Um, it's so inspiring. Like it just makes you, every time a scenario like that happens, you're like, cool. Okay. I suck. Got a lot of things that I need to like, it's so, it's so sharpening. It's like, it's so good. It cha- it's so challenging in, in all of the right ways. Um, Another thing that came to mind is when I first got to the church, before we launched, the first meeting that I ever had with Pastor Landon, we, we were at this little coffee shop and uh, I, I was the first staff member on, in the church and we were like talking and about to start running, figuring out what everything was going to look like. And he said, there's only two non-negotiables for you on staff, only two things that are absolute non-negotiables. Now, again, we've had a lot of church experiences, Ryan, so I had a lot of thoughts of what he was about to say to me, a whole lot of thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, what's about to happen? And he says, number one, 
um, your Sabbath is a non-negotiable. It is not up for debate. If if you want to be in ministry at this church, your Sabbath is non non-negotiable. AKA, if you don't Sabbath, you will not be in ministry at this church. <laughs> Meaning, not not referring to a Sunday. Like you're going to take a day off. Yes. During the week. Like an actual no, Sabbath. No ministry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you have to have a day in the week, not Sunday when you're ministering and working, technically on staff, where you are not doing anything, where you only do the things that, that, that you that you want to do, not the things that you have to do. A day where where it's just life giving, where you're filling your tank, where you're with the Lord, you're with the people you love, doing the things you love, like that that day is mandatory. Um, it's a non-negotiable. And I was all like, I was jacked up because I was in cultures uh, previous to this, various cultures, and not all of them, but a lot, the previous cultures that um, they kind of taught you, you'll we'll know how much you love God and how much you love us by how much you work. Like, we know you really love God if you don't rest, if you don't Sabbath. Like, then we'll know it's real type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the the 10th commandment that they leave out with the Holy Spirit, they, that commandment and the Holy Spirit stay over there somewhere. And, um, and it was like, I was just like, I can't believe this is a, a non-negotiable. I was almost offended by it. Cause I'd never been forced to, to, to Sabbath. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't, I, I honestly didn't have a lifestyle of Sabbath at that point. Like I, I didn't, it wasn't holy to me. It wasn't sacred to me. Um, mm. and then, and then the second non-negotiable was a saturation day. And I never even heard of that. So I was like, what is that? And he was like, um, he was like, well, it's just a day once a week where all you do is be with the Lord. Uh, he was like, you should be having your daily personal encounters. That's non-negotiable. But like what I'm talking about is a saturation day where like you literally shut your life down and just be with the Lord for a large chunk of hours. Um, and for that period of time like it like well I mean it's still the non-negotiables but like as we were building all I did I literally got paid because we weren't we hadn't launched yet I literally got paid on staff to sabbath and saturate to just that was what I got paid for like that was my preparation to church plant like that was that was my job, you know? And I remember him saying to me, you know, um, he said, it's kind of weird that pastors get like time to prepare, but like worship leaders or worship pastors don't. When in all reality, in most churches, the worship set lasts just as long or longer, depending on what church you go to than the actual sermon. So, how come the worship team doesn't get, or the worship leader doesn't have an opportunity to prepare in the same way that the pastor does? And he was just like, I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. that. So we're going to do something different. We're going to, you're like, we're, uh, you're going to have time. Cause that's not less important than what I'm carrying on a Sunday. Um, and it, like that brought, that jacked me up. I'd never heard that before from the pastor, from the senior lead pastor ever in my whole life. Um, and so like that saturation day, like, like to some degree, that's what I got to do sometimes in that saturation day. But really, he said, you know, in the saturation day, your assignment is really just that's the day where you don't really give God your list of prayer requests and tell him all the things that you want and 
you just ask him all day what he wants. Ask him what he wants to talk about. And you minister to his heart. And that, I mean, that season changed my life, but it was the foundation of how I entered into ministry at this church. Um, like that set the tone of what we we're supposed, what we were building. Um, anyways, it, I mean, just things like that, that have just been game changers um, for us. And still to this day, the Sabbath is like, it's sacred to us. Um, it's holy. Like we correct each other for not honoring the Sabbath. Even the leadership, we correct each other. Like, um, like it's, it's beautiful, you know, and not, we're not talking about Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning. Yeah. Cause Sunday is not rest for any, well, really even attending church, if you, especially if you have kids, <laughs> there ain't, there ain't no rest in that. You're getting extra early. You're fighting your kids, trying to get them dressed. They're running off naked. Like I just <laughs> try to get them to eat food. Yeah. There's no rest in that. So funny. And then people wonder why anxiety, depression, all that. So honestly, like... <laughs> honestly, Ryan, preach that. Preach. Side note, shameless plug. If there's a, if there's any interest in exploring more about a lifestyle of rest or Sabbath, go check out the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. I heard about Brilliant. this book. I haven't checked it out. Oh my gosh! Check it out. I just you actually read. It. I read a um, a chapter on Sabbath today. He quotes a lot of like Dallas Willard and stuff, and just, Dallas Willard. It's just so good. Hmm. Um, sorry. Before we um, transition, I I just kind of like, I guess maybe I'll either prepare you for this or I'll I'll let you do it right now. But um, I I really just felt like um, just you praying and releasing over leaders specifically that level of humility of the house mm. in presence so if you don't feel comfortable now that's fine if we want to shift yeah, that's I, good i can do it now or whenever you guys want that go for it prophesy oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so you said you just a prayer over leaders that may be listening for humility is that what you said yeah we we were talking about humility and um, just kind of navigating that level of uh, i like the way that you went went about it like violently going about it yeah yeah within your team just releasing that over leaders yeah yeah well lord lord we honor you we honor you lord Hmm. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for every leader that's listening to this right now. Uh, Father, we we confess that we need you. We confess that we cannot do anything outside of you. Um. So Lord, I, I'm I'm asking you for a um, just just grace, the supernatural empowerment of your Holy Spirit to go low. Father, I pray that you would 
would you release fresh revelation of the cloak of humility? Uh, show us how to stay in you, how to stay in humility. Uh, yeah, even as we as we build the the things that you've shown us, the, the vision that you have put in us and uh, called us to, Lord, that that there would be a a vicious pursuit of health. Father, I pray that. Um, I, I believe you're doing this in so many people, but I pray that the the glamour, uh, the glamour of of numbers, and just any hype of ministry would just fade. Let it fade. Let it grow dim. Uh, would you, Jesus, uh, reveal yourself um, brightly? Would your eyes of fire uh, just be the the thing, the one thing that every leader that's listening just becomes obsessed with? Um, knowing your face, knowing what pleases you, knowing what makes you smile. I pray for a conviction. Uh, Holy Spirit, you're, you you do this so beautifully. A conviction unto righteousness that calls us into knowing the difference between your face towards us and your smile on us. That there be a reckless pursuit for your smile over us. A reckless pursuit for health, God. Mm. Yeah, that humility, the going low, the uh, the awkward conversations, the communication, the honor, the excellence, the celebration, all of those things, Father, that you've shown us that please you. I pray for grace for my friends, the leaders listening to this to find out for themselves what pleases you and what you're saying over their house, what they're supposed to build, how you want to build it, how you want to do it, what will make you happy, what will make you smile, what will make you want to abide there, what will make you want to stay there, God. Show them what it looks like. Show them how to do it, Father. Yeah, say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Amen. Thank you for, for that. Mm -hmm. I can feel that. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to how to ask this question. Um, you know, I, I've known you a long time, so I've gotten to see you know you throughout different seasons and different emphases i guess would be the plural uh you know I've, I've seen seasons of your life where it was much more about you know finding courage finding boldness mm -hmm. uh you learn to play guitar supernaturally singing all that or you know more evangelistic uh you know focus um 
you know, seeing people raised from the dead, like there's all these things that, that we could, you know, could cover. And I wish we had more, you know, uh, could really get into some of it. Maybe that'll be another time. Um, but almost selfishly, I want to know like, what, what is this season of your life? I know we've hit some of it. What's it really been focused on? What's God teaching you right now? Like what's, what's stirring in you? What's burning in you? Yeah. Um, Oh, you got to jack me up with that question. Um, um, Look, while you think about that for a second, I'm just going to share this with the audience so you can just think about how you want to answer that. Um, I think one of the things that I appreciate most about Jasmine is you know, we're talking about, you know, Landon, Heather, like taking the time and the leadership, taking the time to hear God. But I feel like that's the, the piece of who Jasmine is that I've most admired over the years is just this willingness to just hear God day to day. Um, so it makes sense that Landon, I, yes, I know that they set that culture. Um, and I know that you've, I know that Jasmine's learned from that culture, but she was already carrying that culture in her heart. Um, and so there's been so many times that we traveled together for a little bit and just getting to see different times where she'd just be in the moment and hear God and, you know, and just respond to God and not just in the times when you're supposed to hear God, like, you know, we're praying or in church or something, it would be like in a coffee shop and somebody passes by and she'd just hear God, you know, the whisper of the Lord to say, go talk to that person or go say this to them. And I've seen miracles. I've seen all that stuff with her. Um, and so to me, what I've recognized, actually, David Jones gave you a word years ago, which I've always remembered, which is that you would always be, he said, you were like a flower popping up in the snow, that you'd always be a season ahead of your peers um, with with the things that God was doing in you. And I think it's really true. I've watched that play out over and over again, where you've been this example of, mm. hey, here's here's where the, the Lord is. Here's how to burn for God. Here's how to here's how to be bold. Here's how to, you know, it was always like a step ahead. Um, and so that gives some more premise to, I want, I want those who know you and don't know you to recognize like that, that reality. And I want to hear what's burning in you right now. What's God teaching you right now? Because I feel like there's a lot for us to grab a hold of in that, that will start to become something burning in us. Mm, thank you, Ryan. Um, Yeah, I, I am, I think I am, um, I mean, really, it's, it's just that, that, that prayer, um, I've, I'm watching, um, this, this question just kind of hits home right now because, um, there's this old, Misty Edwards song that we used to listen to all the time. Um, that talks about how not wanting to be offended when it's all coming down. It's called Baptize My Heart. And she says, I don't want to be offended. I don't want to be offended when it's all coming down. And um, honestly, like I, 20, I watch, I'm still watching friends of mine that um, that I really love 
that like have not made it out of 2020 uh and like loving jesus that they like they haven't made it out they haven't made it out uh best i don't know any other way to say it and um and so i just feel this deep drawing of the lord um just that 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 prayer it's it feels like the anthem of my life right now ephesians 5 10 find out what pleases the lord and um i that's just that's just what i want more than anything um in every single area of life and um there's so many um there's so many opinions and thoughts and ideas and strategies and movements and there's just so much everywhere all the time 2020 was loud just a loud year and um and I've never I've just never been more convinced that I just want to know what pleases him and I just want to do that um there's the bible says that there is a way that seems right to man and we are watching the ways that seem right to man play out right before our eyes loud um and consistently and uh i'm i'm just i know that at any point in time uh uh, like we're just that we're all we're just all at risk <laughs> like at any point in time outside of him outside of being with him every day outside of abiding in him like I am my friend that is losing it right now and just over here offended and mad at everybody in the whole church and wondering about the bible and more and like I'm I'm that person outside of the mercy of God and abiding in him every day and just being before him every single day. And um, like, I I feel like even just personally with, um, with the everything that's been happening politically and um, uh, socially, like I know that one of the things that I know that pleases the Lord that I'm supposed to be doing is, is using my voice in that war in that realm um more intentionally and uh and i know that's what will please what's pleasing the lord what's pleasing to him in the season that i'm entering into and um and so I just know that I can't enter into that space if I care about what pleases anybody else but him. <laughs> like, I know I can't, like, I, I, it won't work. If, if that focus of what pleases him, if I redirect it to any other person or place. Uh, but the only way that I know what pleases him is if I'm with him every day. And I remember when we were, when we were launching Mercy Culture and 
we were talking about the vision and, and all this stuff. And I remember people being like, maybe you shouldn't say daily personal encounters in the vision. That sounds a little like religious, little intense, like just take the word daily out, just say personal encounters. And like, I'm so thankful that Pastor Landon just held the line. And because the reality is, and my reality is, and I think anybody's reality who's willing to be honest about it is, when I spend days outside of him, apart from him, um, I get wonky. Like, I'm just, I'm nuts. Like, I'm dumb. Like, I just, you know, like, I, I go, like, like, I need him every day. Like, yes, I abide with him. Yes, I walk with the dove on the shoulder. And I want to always be communing with him all day, every day. But, like, I need to stop my life and look at him every day. Um, like, like, every day I need to ask him, Father, who do I need to forgive? What's in me that I can't see? What's in me that I don't know about? And if I'm not making space for that all of the time, then I end up going a week or two weeks where that seed of bitterness turns into a tree overnight, in over two weeks or whatever. And I don't know how this tree sprung up and how all of a sudden I'm over here on this crazy pathway, you know, and it's because I let this seed stay there without being in his presence intentionally in a space where he could put his finger on it and say, hey, remember when that person said that one thing that you hated and you didn't say anything and you act like it didn't bother you? Well, now it's a tree. Like, you know, like I like I I need him every day. I need him, <laughs> you know, like um, and I think that that's what's stirring in me is just this. Uh, and I hope it never leaves. I hope it never dies. Like all of the things, Ryan, that I, I love every season that I've gotten to be in with the Lord and every facet of his face that I've gotten to see and gotten to learn. And uh, like, I'm, I'm thankful for it, like crazy stories and testimonies. Um, but it's, it's interesting. There's a story in, in first Samuel. It's, it's the story of Samuel um, where it says, uh, I wish I could find it real quick, but there's a, there's a, a passage in first, first Samuel where it's talking about how, uh, Pastor Landon actually referenced it like last week or something, but I, I love this passage that we, we always teach it in our worship community as well. There's this, this passage where, where it says that Samuel ministered in the presence of the Lord um, he ministered before the Lord. It's basically all these things that Samuel did that is like the equivalent of what we typically do in ministry and all the things that we get to see and experience and all this stuff. But then there's a passage that says, or is a scripture that says, but Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Like, and it's just wild that he was doing all of those things that if you just read it at, at face value, like it, it's like, oh, wow, this is all Samuel was kicking butt. He's in ministry. Like he's at church every Sunday. He's actually on the worship team. Like he's killing it. But then it says, but then it says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And then right after that, Samuel enters into his first ever dialogue. With God. First ever dialogue. 
And then right after the dialogue that he has with God, where he keeps going to Eli and he's like, Eli's like, no, that wasn't me. Go back to your room, whatever. After that whole situation and, and Samuel has dialogue with the Lord, there's a scripture under that, under that passage where it says that, that basically, and from that moment on, uh, the Lord didn't, didn't let not one of, of Samuel's words drop to the ground. Like that, that was the result of him entering into dialogue with the Lord in the intimacy that was initiated with the Lord that was different than the ministry that he was doing and all of the crazy things that he was a part of. And, and I just, I like, and I'm sure, you know, there will be, I hope that, that this goes, I pray that the Lord introduces me to just deeper and deeper layers of this all the time. Like I just get just wrecked, just onion, just an onion of, just layers of this that get crazier every season of my life, you know, but like, I, I just know that I know what it's like to be in ministry the way I'm in ministry right now and to be a part of cool things and see crazy God stories. And that's what most people just desire the crazy stories and the cool things and the cool moments. Uh, but what, what I, what I am the most wrecked by in this season is the way in the midst of something crazy I'm being pushed into intimacy and it's making me want to be with him. It's making me want to know him more. Like I just moved uh, into a new house and, and I'm struggling because I haven't found my, like my space yet in my new house and like where I'm going to be with the Lord. Like I haven't like found my groove in my house yet. And it's like, it's bothering me because I, I need, I need it with him, you know, like, and I'm still talking to him and still mm-hmm. haven't, but like, I need a, a I need to figure out where, where our sweet spot in my house is because, because it's, it is, I am, uh, on a new level of life, just stirred by the reality that I can do ministry and be a part of something huge and powerful and super significant and beautiful and still not know him. And it would be the greatest fail of my life. If I was a part of one of the biggest most beautiful moments of whatever 2021 and the church being crazy, awesome things. And, and I did it and I didn't know him. I didn't dialogue with him and I didn't, I didn't have anything intimately to show for this season. Like, um, it would be a fail, you know, like, and, um, I'm just, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want to do that in ministry and in life. And, um, I don't want to show my kids that I don't want to show, I don't, I don't want that to be the legacy that I leave. And I don't want, I just don't want it. You know, um, that phrase that's in that passage where it says that, and God didn't let one of Samuel's words drop to the ground. Like, like that is a statement of intimacy. Like, you know, like when you're like that, that in love and it's like, uh, like every, I'm hanging on every word that you say, like that, that whole sentiment, like, that's like God saying that to you, like that. I won't let not one of your words fall to the ground. Like that is nuts for God to say to a human that is intimate, you know, like I want that with him. I want intimacy. I don't want it to be said about me that. She ministered in the presence of the Lord, but she did not yet know the Lord. <laughs> like, like that is why. Like, what the heck would that be wow. to live that? You know, and 
and I've done that before, you know, like, and, 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 and there's been seasons where I was, where I, you know, felt like I was in great spaces with the Lord, but I also know what it's like to be in crazy things and to not be with him. And, um, so I, I want the difference. And I know I said this when I was praying, but I, I, I've been meditating on this so much. Like there's a difference between me talking to you and there's a difference between me talking to you, Ryan, and just looking at you, just staring at you, um, which is great. And me staring at you and smiling at you. Like, like hmm. there's a difference. My, like the face there's a change in the face. There's joy in the little crevices right there. There's there's a little crinkly right here that I got going on. Like there's a difference in my face if I smile at you. But I could be smiling at you or just looking at you, but I'm still looking at you. I don't want God to just look at me. Like I don't I don't want him to just look at me. I want him to smile at me. I want him to look at my life and I want the crevices. I want the the wrinkled nose. Like I, I want all of that from him. Uh, but, it, but it can't, you don't get that without knowing what pleases him and without staying with him long enough to find out what pleases him. Uh, and so I, you know, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm probably be, due to the season that I'm in and what, this, what's happening around me. Like that's what I'm, that's my conviction right now. That's what I'm stuck on. Like, I, I don't, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Anyways. Hmm. Uh, um, I want to capture what's happening right now, uh, in your heart and just take you to the question. Uh, Vince, if you have anything after that, it's okay. We don't have to wrap up right here, but I want to capture the passion and just what's stirred in you right now. Uh, cause I can, I can actually just feel tangible hunger. There's just tangible hunger and love and fear of the Lord. That's just all in everything you're saying. Um, so can, can you just, uh, jump to that question? Um, if, if all of the world, all of humanity, everyone living right now was hearing your voice, uh, you know, what, what would you say to them? Can you just speak right to them? And let whatever's in you flow out. Take as long as you need. It could be 30 seconds. It can be minutes. Just go for it. Yeah. Uh, that's... I, I knew this question was coming, and it's still such an epic question. Um, but, I, I mean, I would just say... Um, he's so... He's, God is so, he's so big. Um, there's so much of him to know and to find. Um, and I think part of what happens, and I'll, I'll speak specifically to my ministry friends and the people who are in ministry, doing churches and different things, like, I think what happens to us is that um, we, I, I think we find a, we find a facet of him 
and we get stuck in it, but we don't keep looking. We don't keep finding him. Um, we just kind of like stay in one spot and we don't look at him. Um, and there's just so many facets of him and so much of him to find. And if we will keep searching, we will keep finding. And the more we find him, the more we remember that like we need him, that we need to be with him, that he's worthy of our time, that he's worthy of our, of our affection. He's worthy of our attention. Like, um, and like, we can't afford to do ministry in the name of someone that we, that we stop finding. Like we, we can't, like, we can't afford to just keep doing the ministry thing and to keep doing it is not it's not it is not I don't fair is not the word but it is it is doing a disservice to what Jesus has given us access to you know like like literally we have been given access through Jesus through what he did on the cross we have been given access to the fullness of God, every facet of God that has ever existed. Like that, that is literally insane. Like it's like, it's the most bonkers thing. Like, and so like, like, but we can, we, we, we can, if we're not careful, we can literally just stop looking for him and stop finding facets. And again, if we stop doing that, then uh, we, we forget why we're doing anything that we're doing and we start that the, the word um uh uh we always say on our um our worship team before, every week before we go out to lead worship we have a little rally moment and we say presence over performance and one of our worship leaders he said that he was talking about how um the word presence and so many words like basically means face um and it's this constant thing of like, are you going to minister to the before the face of God or before the face of man? Like which face are you going to minister mm-hmm. to today is essentially what we're putting before our team every Sunday. Um, and uh, and that's what that's that's our choice in ministry. But like but we like we if we don't like keep searching out and finding the face of God, then we get we become okay and satisfied with doing ministry before the face of man and for them. Uh, like, and so like we have to, everything is riding on us, finding him every day and seeing new facets of him and getting lost in new parts of who he is. Like one of my favorite questions to the Lord seasonally is what facet of you do you want to reveal to me in this season? Like what, give me a new facet that I could get lost in. Like, um, whether that be, him as a lover, him as a friend, him as a as a husband, him as a uh, as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a provider, as a savior, as like as a comforter, like it, like it is in like you can like it is, it's bonkers. Like there are and, and that those are just the ones that are like common to us. 
that we've become accustomed to singing in a song. Um, but if you really stop and process it, like how few of those we have each individually actually like dove into to say, what does it, who are you for real as a friend? What does that even mean? Who are you for real as a savior for real? Like, what does that mean? Like, like I've been thinking about uh, his bread, the bread and the, uh, the bread, the communion. I've been thinking about uh, his body and his blood and like, like who he is there recently. Like, like, like there's so much, Hmm. there's so many, there's so much there in him, you know, like, uh, anyways. And, and, and so my, I'm rambling, but really all, all I'm trying to say is like, keep finding him, uh, keep searching for him. The promise is that if you, if you look for him, you will find him. If you search for him, you will find him. Seekers will be finders. Um, but like, like, so if, if you're going to find him, which I'm saying, find him, it means that you have to seek. Um, and so like, don't get stagnant. Don't get stuck in facet, in a, in a facet. Although in heaven, when we see him, we will probably get stuck in different facets for decades at a time. And it's eternal. Like it is eternal, you know, like, we'll get stuck in facets of him and not be able to figure out how to get to the next one. Cause he's so big and beautiful and, and ridiculous. But like, but like while we're here in this side of heaven, like, like give like get in him, get in the facets and get lost. And uh, that our, our hearts can't help but come alive and to stay remembering of our why when we allow ourselves to get lost in different facets of him in different seasons uh last week or a couple weeks ago i got i got like i I said before about communion but it was specifically even fresh bread and him being just just bread like like the the him being our daily bread like was just jacking me up like i was smelling whiffs of bread around when i was walking places and he was encountering me as living as my daily bread like Mm. and i was just processing what that means like we literally can do that about every single facet of him that we so casually sing about we can get lost for a long time um but it's not cool to get lost there and not look (laughs) you know to get stuck there and not look at him um so anyway daily personal encounters get with jesus be with him Just, just be with the Lord. Just, just have Him, eat Him, drink Him, get lost in Him. We can't do ministry without knowing Him. It's not, it's not okay. It's dangerous. It's, it's a slippery slope that doesn't end well. Um, so, I don't know if any, I don't know if you, if anybody would even give that message to anybody in the world that was listening, because it was a bad sermon. You know, it wasn't. Didn't have an intro or closing three points they weren't yeah there weren't three points (laughs) all i can think about now is uh he's the daily bread but a lot of people are (laughs) gluten-free so i'll have to take that up with him they got to process that with the lord there will be some revelation there for them (laughs) feeling no that that was that was good that was really good I, I know we could literally talk for hours and hours about more stuff. Uh, but thank you so much for this. Vince, did you have anything else uh, before we close out? Anything Not this session, man. Not this session. But looking forward to what's to come. 
Yeah, Jasmine, I'll just throw this out there as a little teaser, but I one of the things we've talked about is doing some roundtable type discussions with like getting some diverse leaders uh, from around the body and just talking about different topics. And not it's not going to be a constant thing, but like, um, you know, we might do one on the future of the church. We might do one that's just worship. And just like hearing the different perspectives and stuff, I think will be really good. So we'll have to have you on. I would that love well. that. I would yeah. love that. And, and also, go ahead. Well, also, I want to get Landon and Heather on separately, not together, yeah. but separately be fire. at some point soon. Be so, so good. You have to help me with that. It would be fire. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Done. <laughs> no, but I just, I just want to honor both of you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for doing this, this podcast. Um, I can't stress enough. Like, we need, we just need places for. Um, truth and presence of God and um, righteousness and I know that all of those things are who you both are and I know I don't know you that well Vince but uh, there's equity built up relationally with Ryan that if I know that he's friends with you and you're on here then you must be an amazing man Um, and so just like we need we need spaces like this um, where there's just healthy dialogue and conversation about what God is doing. There's so many places um, that are deluded right now. And um, I'm not, I'm, if some people think I'm talking about whatever, it doesn't matter what people think I'm talking about. We, we need voices that are pure um, and like willing to stand um, in the midst of all of the craziness that's happening in the world right now. And and you guys are voices like that, but you're also providing a space for voices to come in and for their voice to be heard. Um, so just thank you for what you guys are doing. I know that you guys also, um, it, it takes a lot to kind of like host a conversation. Um, I have a lot of respect for people who do podcasts and stuff like that because uh, you're really setting the table for, for something, you know, like, um, the other day somebody came into my house and they just started telling their life story basically and got super vulnerable. And they were like, I don't know why I just did that. Like this house has something on it where I just talking, you know, like, and, and I know what that is. I know it's the presence of the Lord and the atmosphere that's been cultivated. And you guys are cultivating a place for hunger. Uh, I, I know mm. you said that you felt hunger while I was talking, um, but I know what that's stirring in me while I'm talking to you guys. Um, and so thank you for the space that you're creating. Um, it's, it's more than just a podcast. Like you're creating spiritually a landing place, a place for God to amplify things that's on his heart. So thank you for doing that. It's amazing. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's really, I'm going to take some sound bites from that and, Use that in my marketing <laughs> materials, I think. Do it. Do it. Do it right after the clip about you playing basketball. Yeah. Put those together. Splice them. <laughs> Splice them. <laughs> I'm, I really, this is all just a trick. I'm just going to cut up different things <laughs> to make it you talking about how great I am at basketball. That's what the whole, when, it, when the podcast actually comes out, that's all it's going to be. So funny. I love it. <laughs> so funny. Well, I love so, you guys. Uh, I hope you got some good can, something on here. <laughs> we did. How can people keep up with you? How can they follow you? Uh, on Instagram, 
Uh, my handle is I am Jasmine Janae. That is I am Jasmine J A N A. That's my first name and middle name. Um, I don't think we said it on here, but my social media got hacked and deleted, Facebook and Instagram <laughs> last week. Um, so feels like I'm rebuilding from scratch, and it's actually kind of fun. I think the Lord's doing something, and then He's on it, so I'm, I trust Him. Uh, but you can you can follow me. I am Jasmine Janae on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok, apparently. Uh, apparently, I made it. Apparently, what's that mean? <laughs> it, I, I'm, like, on there, and I'm like, what is this? You know, it makes me feel old. I'm like, what is Are this? you doing the dances? No, no, no. I didn't take it that far. But maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might jump on You're that. lucky I'm not using the video. <laughs> <for this>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all that's all i got is instagram and tiktok i'm on facebook too but don't add me there nothing to see there we'll talk about facebook some other time uh and follow follow mercy culture yes and mercy culture memes don't follow mercy culture Uh, memes because they dishonor me regularly they they dishonor (laughs) you and they dishonor landon i'm like "Mm." it's actually y'all gotta you got some issues in your church it's so funny it's our our literal creative team they are mercy culture memes. Like it's their creative outlet. It's hilarious. <laughs> they call themselves a house a house vision of mercy culture. <laughs> uh, so don't follow mercy culture memes. Don't don't support that movement. Uh, but you can follow Axel Creative Co. A X L Creative Co. That's our creative community out here. Uh, incredible crew, people. Uh, great place to. Just find other creatives in the kingdom as well as resources that we're providing to help equip and empower creatives to advance the kingdom. So, uh, yeah, those are all the places. And then I got music on Spotify and uh, Apple Music, YouTube, all those places that you guys can check out. New music dropping uh, in the summer. And Mercy Culture Worship is about to start dropping worship music this year as well. Uh, We have some moments on YouTube but we're about to start dropping some stuff on Spotify and Apple music and all of that. So it'll be an exciting year. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Vince, for co-hosting with me. Always. And uh, yeah. So if, if this, uh, if this podcast has impacted you, if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, your family, people you don't even know, tell everyone about it, post on your social media, the interwebs, all of that. Uh, also, if you would like to support, <laughs> if y'all could see Jasmine's face when I said interwebs, uh, just a little. And she doesn't know what TikTok is, and she's giving me that face. At least I'm on the YouTube. Uh, <laughs> As a wrap, folks. How, how did they get those people in in the computer? <laughs> anyways if you enjoyed if you enjoyed this podcast if you've been uh touched by this please consider supporting either one time or monthly go to firemovement.com slash support you can give a one time or monthly gift uh we always appreciate that thank you guys this has been the fire podcast